I was gonna, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, this book, but actually I have announcements first. <laughs> Jumping the gun. Well, um, I think what I've heard that the cleanup has been going really well, so thank you everyone for you know, looking under the lid and seeing the list of everything and getting everything in the right places. That really helps Allie and Rachel out when and we I do that. You updated stuff. So, I was going to make sure through the next pieces. It is Barb's group is cleaning up again. Barb's group is cleaning. Is that right? Oh, you did? Okay, maybe I got the wrong date. Let me look again. Today. Oh, oh, it's Tara's. Sorry. Sorry, Tara. You thought you were going to get out of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then also the next announcement is about the TES Super Seminar next weekend, or next time we meet. They happen to fall on the same weekend as Wellspring and Build, which we try to avoid, but it just happened that way. So they're not going to have Build because I think they're meeting in that room. So we are going to still have Wellspring, which if you are really wanting to go to the seminar, we would just encourage you to either go to the Thursday Wellspring or if you are if this is your first or second year of Wellspring, it'd be really great if you could come at least for the teaching part and then go and finish up with the rest of the seminar. I don't know if it's recorded or not, but yeah. Yeah, so it, it might be, you might be able to listen to the part you missed. It's going to be through them. Yeah, so we may not have access to. Yeah, if, if we will have access, we won't be to Okay. So, sorry about that conflict. Um, so, to start us off, I'm going to just read a prayer out of the Valley of Vision, and I'll explain more as I talk through the disciplines about that. So, um, this one is called God All Sufficient. O Lord of Grace, the world is before me this day and I am weak and fearful, but I look to thee for strength. If I venture forth alone, I stumble and fall, but on the beloved's arms I am firm as the eternal hills. If left to the treachery of my heart, I shall shame thy name, but if enlightened, guided, upheld by the Spirit, I shall bring thee glory. Be thou my arm to support, my strength to stand, my light to see, my feet to run, my shield to protect, my sword to repel, my sun to warm. To enrich me will not diminish thy fullness. All thy loving kindness is in thy son. I bring him to thee in the arms of faith. I urge his saving name as the one who died for me. I plead his blood to pay my debts of wrong. Accept his worthiness for my unworthiness, accept his worthiness for my 
oh, sorry, unworthiness, his sinfulness for my transgressions, his purity for my uncleanness, his sincerity for my guile, his truth for my deceits, his weakness, meekness for my pride, his constancy for my backslidings, his love for my enmity, his fullness for my emptiness, his faithfulness for my treachery, his obedience for my lawlessness, his glory for my shame, his devoutness for my waywardness, his holy life for my unchaste ways, his righteousness for my dead works, his death for my life. Dear Lord God, we thank you for your son and how he completes us in every way. He makes us, we get to wear his holiness and his righteousness and he takes on all of our ugliness and our sin. For that, we are just so grateful, Lord, and we thank you that we can see that each day as we go to your word, that you make it clear to us who we are and how much we need you. And so we thank you and we give this morning to you, Lord. We pray that you will be honored by um, the teaching and by how your word goes out. May it fall on soft hearts that are ready to listen and hear. May it change our lives for, for your glory and that we can be um, better equipped to look to you throughout our whole day, Lord not just parts of our day, but we give it all to you, and we want to be better um, better servants of yours by shepherding our hearts well all the time. In your precious son's name we pray, amen. So I wanted to um, talk through the disciplines really quick before Anne comes and teaches us. So if you could look at your faithful cheat sheet. <laughs> Um, our purpose is to e equip and encourage the women of Grace Bible Church to shepherd their hearts toward Jesus Christ with the Word of God so that they live gospel-transformed lives, thus strengthening the church in its gospel purpose. So the goal is that the women of Grace Bible Church would live gospel-transformed lives. So how do we do that? How does that believing woman, how is she transformed by the gospel? I was thinking of two sections of scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, and Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And we're not going to read them right now, but I'm just going to list off a few truths from those that, that help us, that highlight. So from those we see that once the woman is saved, the love of Christ controls her, and she's no longer in the habit of indulging her, the desires of her flesh and of her mind. Christ died this so that she would live, and so that she who lives might no longer live for herself, but for him who died and rose again on her behalf. She's a new creature. She's created in Christ Jesus for good works to walk in, and those works will, will strengthen and eventually strengthen her and eventually strengthen the whole church and its gospel purpose. So I'd encourage you guys to read those verses sometime and, and think about that. Um, we, we have to be reminded that this transformed 
life must be maintained. It doesn't just naturally keep going once we're saved. It doesn't keep on that path unless we maintain it. And so because we're stuck in this mixed condition, as we heard from Smedley, we have a lot of work to do every day. Um, we have new hearts, but they're still affected by sin. They're not enslaved by sin, but they're still prone to sin, and they need to be shepherded away from sin and towards God. Um, so we keep these three disciplines before us so that we have a plan of action. So discipline one, the heart, is the faithful woman of God shepherds her heart worshipfully toward God through the word of God, and in particular, the gospel. Um, by now, I think these are coming real familiar to you, I hope. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to think about how we can grow in our approach to God worshipfully. That word worshipfully is in there, worshipfully toward God, and that's kind of a key part of it. Um, in equipping hour, I don't know if you guys were able to hear Omri's teaching, but he said his part, part of his talk was the goal of heart shepherding is worship. We worship God when we respond rightly to whatever God says in his word. It's possible to think that because we have spent time reading God's word, praying, practicing spiritual disciplines, attending church service at church, learning about heart shepherding or discussing heart shepherding, that we are, we're good to go, and that's good enough. But until we have prayerfully taken our hearts before God's word, intentionally honoring God of that word and being ready to submit to what it says, then our lives will not be fully pleasing to God or useful to him. So that was just a good reminder to me that um, it's worth taking the time to do this with more energy. Wow, I can hear my voice. <laughs> um, so um, let's see. I wanted to point out just a couple of resources that I was working on using this week, and I pulled out this prayer sheet that was part of your thing that you guys printed out. Um, it says at the top an example of how Wellspring Disciplines might shape your prayerful approach to God through his word. Um, and then I, I also pulled out this, which I know all of you don't have this yet, but it's a prayer booklet that Sarah Demers put together. And I know that there will be ones for the new ladies available the next time we meet, Lord willing. <laughs> but I just wanted to point out that <clears throat> she put this letter in the front of this book too. So it's a tool in here. This has so many things in it and I'm sure it'll take several times of us pointing it out up here to get through it all because there's so much. But I just really love this letter and the last two or three weeks I've been reading it like once a week or something to myself and I just wanted to highlight a few things that it helps you just prepare your heart to think why am I even here and why is this important um, at one point he says let's see um, okay Um, to, it reminded us that this time should be intended for God's word to be a prayerful expression of worship to him, to grow in a desire of him, 
a need of him and dependence on him, to be reminded how tenderly God stoops toward his creatures, to show love and compassion and countless kindnesses. His perfect provision sustains all that he made and glorifies his great name. How God's word reveals him clearly, more clearly there than any other place, and nearness to him through the pages of scripture is for my good. The fact that he, he alone is worthy of worship and to be reminded that the deceitfulness of sin and the ramifications of tolerating even the slightest of sins, as if there is such a thing as a slight sin, is, is to my destruction. And the need to continually rehearse the details of the gospel and the gift of salvation that I do not deserve. Also that there are treasures in the gospel of Jesus that I have not yet discovered in my own life. And I long to find them and be nourished by them. And how I need to consistently feed those new God-given desires in my new condition so that they grow. Um, also, if you turn, if you look in here, and the next page, it has just a bunch of scripture. You can see here and over here of just verses that you can pray when you initially sit down. And they're just scripture that looks at God's character. For example, from Psalm 119, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord, who bless, who, how blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. That's not really God's character, but. Next one is, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Um, there's one in Romans 12:2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, I like to just sit down and when I'm first sit down and just read verses like that and think about them and pray, make them into a prayer. And I feel like that really positions my heart well to be soft before the word. Just an observation I had was when on the days when I don't do that and I just grab my Bible and I get right to my reading plan. I feel like it takes me a lot longer to really be able to concentrate and I like I end up reading it three times I'm like what did I read and I'm, I'm just not my thoughts aren't aligned with God's thoughts you know so when I take the time to really just prepare my heart and cultivate that softness then I feel like it's quicker for me to my God just opens my eyes quicker to see truth and focus so anyway I'd encourage you guys I know a lot of you do this really well, and I'm preaching to the choir, <laughs> but it's good to have reminders. I know, especially like after Wellspring and in the summer, and you're, this is when these tools come in really handy, when you're not reminded very often and you're on your own. So that's why when it, we want to present these every week that we meet, so you guys know how to use these tools and you can grab them and use them on your um, on your own and not not really sure what to do <laughs> so
Anyway, that um, hopefully is helpful. And the I was going to say that the last two, if we do that up front when we're shepherding our own hearts, then we're more full and ready to go to D2 and D3 where the faithful woman of God is concerned for those in her home and ministry ministers to them with their heart fixed on the word of God. So then we're, we're prepared to go to them with God's words and not our words. We're prepared to go to them with God's truth and love and compassion <laughs> instead of our self-focused um, ways. Um, and then we're ready to go into ministry with our heart fixed on God, keeping our God-given ministry within our home a priority. The faithful woman of God steps into the church and every part of life to shepherd others toward God and the gospel. So now we come first full circle and God's intention in saving and sanctifying me individually is for the bigger work of the church, which we've been talking about a lot. So it's just cool how that, it starts out and then it just grows. God's plan is perfect, and it's fun to see it play out. <laughs> so I just thank you guys for being here today and for waking up early and coming. And I'm looking forward to Anne teaching us because this lesson is so um, one that you will really use every, every day. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for having me. It's, it's fun to be here on a Saturday morning. Um, so let's pray again, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a good God. You are gracious and kind and compassionate and full of love. Lord, I do thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that we can come to you and that you do care for us, that you hear our prayers. Lord, I do pray that our time together would just be a blessing to each one of us, that we would love you more because of our time together. Lord, I pray that my words will be clear, that um, if I say something that is not correct, that the ladies won't even hear it. Father, thank you for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so it's like it's early. <laughs> um, so my question for you to think about and not answer out loud is driving here this morning, did you have a conversation with yourself? Now, I, let's do this. I go way off my notes, so who knows what's going to come out. It took me a lot. I got here a lot faster this morning than Thursday mornings. I was like, where is everybody? Oh, yeah, it's Saturday morning. It's not Thursday morning where, you know, my prayer on Thursday mornings getting here is getting over. It's, I bring Tom's car so I can drive in the HOV lane and go. Well, I can't, it's crazy. Go past everyone, but then I have to slow down enough to get over. Very crazy. So I am praying about safety. 
Did you have a conversation with yourself? Maybe there was a little more, you know, you didn't have to concentrate quite as much on your driving. So what did that conversation sound like? Was it, I am so excited. It is Saturday morning. The sun is out. It is beautiful. I'm going to go see the ladies at Wellspring. I can't wait to tell them about how things are going. I am just so excited, and I just, you know, this, this is just the highlight of my week. Or maybe you were saying, I'm going to turn my car around. I'm going back home. I don't want to see them. I don't want anybody to know what I'm thinking. I don't want anybody to know what's going on in my life. I've been grouchy with my family. I've been screaming at the neighbors. It's been awful. And if anybody knew, they wouldn't like me. Is that maybe what your conversation with yourself was? Or maybe were you having some really intrusive thoughts like, I'm not even a Christian. Why am I going? I don't even like those ladies. They're not nice. And they don't like me. I don't know what your conversations were. But I know a lot of us have, well, I know all of us. We all talk to ourselves all the time. And like so many things in our lives, um, and the older I get, the more I realize life is kind of on a spectrum. It's that, man, it's, you know, just rainbows and sunshine and unicorns and life is happy and flowery and great. And my thoughts are wonderful and I'm thinking of God and I'm glorifying him and everything I do. And I know there's other times where it's like, it's hard. Life is hard. And it's, so, so I know it can be on a spectrum. But you know, God cares about our thoughts. Proverbs 15:26 says, the Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked but those of the pure are pleasing to him. Charles Bridges, an old dead guy, says on this verse in his commentary, how lightly do most men think of the responsibility of their thoughts, as if they were their own and they might indulge them without restraint or evil. We're commanded in 2 Corinthians 10.5, to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Right there, that tells us our thoughts are important. Um, so today, we're talking about the discipline of shepherding our hearts. And Dina read it, but I'm going to read it again. Discipline 1, the heart. The faithful woman of God shepherds her heart worshipfully toward God through the word of God and, in particular, the gospel. And I know for those of us that have been here for a long time, we hear shepherding our hearts and shepherding each other and shepherding our children and shepherding our friends and shepherding our family, shepherding our hearts. We hear that a lot. And I know some of you are newer here, and you maybe are thinking, wow, that is... Sh and, and I know it's been explained, but we're going to explain it again today. 
sometimes shepherding your heart, sometimes people will refer to it as that time with your cup of coffee, when you're reading your Bible, like wherever Tina went, oh, she is over there, with, with the prayer book and you're praying and, and you're, it's that set time spent with God. And oftentimes, that's what it's referred to. It's shepherding my heart. It's quiet time. That's another, you know, that's another expression for it. Um, but it's more than that. And that's the part we're going to spend the bulk of it, our bulk of our time today. Um, so a shepherd is someone who herds, tends, or guards sheep. It's one it can also be a person who protects, guides, or watches over a person or a group of people, like a pastor, or to watch over carefully. So when we're talking about it, we're talking about to watch over carefully. And our heart, again, it's one of those words that has two meanings. Are we talking about, I'm going to shepherd my heart by getting on the treadmill and running? and making my heart beat really fast and passing out, or in, you know, not eating cookies and donuts and all kinds of yummy stuff because I'm shepherding my heart and taking care of my heart. We're not talking about that heart. We're talking about our inner man. It's not a piece of you. It includes our thoughts, our desires, our opinions, our emotions, our attitudes. Our heart, it's you. Okay? It's the control center of the human being. So when I'm shepherding my heart, I'm taking care of me. I'm taking care of my thoughts, my emotions, my actions. Um, and we want to, to tend, guard, and watch over our thoughts, our heart, our mind, and our soul carefully. We want to watch over ourselves. The same verse from Wellspring is Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And it, the next three verses are helpful. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Those are all ways of shepherding your heart. So as we look at the two different aspects of heart shepherding, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that coffee time. And maybe if you don't drink coffee, maybe it's tea or maybe it's water. It's the time where you're sitting with your Bible open, spending time with the Lord. And then we'll talk about the rest of the time. So why do we open our Bibles? Why do we even make such a big deal about reading God's Word? Well, as Scott Maxwell has said, we come to the Word of God to meet with the God of the Word. And in your first week's homework, I believe you looked at quite a few passages looking at the importance of God's Word. And I just want to share a few from Psalm 19 which is a shorthand verse of Psalm 119, in my opinion. I don't know that anybody else has ever said that. I don't, I made that up. But it is. It's the, it's the cliff notes 
some of you, there's a new thing out there that you can get, shortened books. That in the old days, it was cliff notes, yellow cover. Um, so Psalm 19 is the cliff notes of Psalm 119. And just listen to some of these truths about God's word. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony, testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. That's just a piece of Psalm 19. Um, and it just, that's why we spend time in God's word. So why do we come to the Lord with our Bibles open? It's to grow in our knowledge of God and to know his will. Where else but in his word are you going to grow in your knowledge of God and know his will? That is how the Lord has revealed himself to us, is in his word. Two, we're going to grow in expressing our love for God. As we read these words, as I read those words, doesn't your heart just jump? It's like, Thank you, Lord. It's to grow in our enjoyment and delight in God. Reading his word, we will grow. We will grow in our enjoyment and our delight for the Lord. Number four, to grow in my fear and reverence of God. The more I see what God has done in his word, the more I grow in my fear, my awe, my reverence for God. I'll, I'll also grow in understanding my need for God. I need the Lord. Sometimes, as Americans, we forget we need the Lord. We're pretty self-sufficient. But spending time in, in God's word, I understand my need for God. And obviously, I will grow in my relationship with God. When my Bible is open and we are when, when we're engaged and communing with the Lord, that grows our relationship. It's been said, you know, if, if somebody you love sends you a letter, are you just going to... Okay, I'm done. No, you're, say, say they're away from you. You're going to read it over and over and over. That's the same with God's word. And we'll grow in our holiness and our maturity. We'll learn how should I live. Where else am I going to figure out how God wants me to live except in his word? The time we spend with the Lord in his word is, it's like what Dina said. It's that foundation for the rest of the time. This sets the tone. This sets us in motion. Um, there are tons of different methods of how you spend time with the Lord. Um, it, and that's A-OK. -okay. Um, 
think of all the different reading plans. There's not one that's better than the other. Well, there may be one that's better for you than somebody else. There's some I've tried that I've gone, this does not work for this brain. But this one does. So do that one, figure out what works best for you. Um, there's the principle and the thing that we want is that we are worshipfully spending time with the Lord in his word. So now we're going to kind of switch gears and we're going to look at the rest of the time. We're going to put our coffee cup away and we're going to get busy, okay? It's where we're living life. It's where we're working, where we're taking care of children, home, shopping, cleaning, driving, where we spend most of our time. And that is the time that we talk to ourselves. And that seems to me to be the time where our thoughts can really run wild. Little side note, if you have trouble when you're with your coffee cup reading your Bible, keeping your thoughts engaged, read your Bible out loud. Um, sometimes that can help you from trying to do your grocery list and read your Bible at the same time. We really can't multitask. We think we can, but we really can't. Um, so if you now look at the diagrams, um, we're just going to take a look at this. And we're going to look at, and if you have an old version or a black and white version, I see some of you do, but it's the orange one or the top one. And if you have an old version, I think they were flipped. So the um, disappointed, look, look at the disappointed, sad spiral, okay? So this, these are kind of diagrams of our thought life. Um, and so the first one we're going to look at is when we're not shepherding our hearts well. It's where I'm listening to myself, my thoughts, my reasoning. It's wrong thinking. It is a downward spiral. It's where I'm thinking, it's I desire plus I deserve equals I demand. And the definition of desire is to want something, to long or hope for. And I want to make sure you know, desires are not necessarily evil. One way to tell if my desire is evil is if I want something more than I want God or I'm willing to disobey God to get it. Is my desire self-centered or a desire for God's will? And there are some things that clearly we know they're evil. We just need to repent of those. If, if it's, you know, I want somebody else's husband or I am lying, or I am stealing. Um, that's, that's kind of pretty clear. That's sin. We need to repent. However, sometimes, and where I think we get in more trouble, is with those neutral desires. So maybe I want a new house. Maybe I want a different car. Maybe I want to have children. Maybe I want grandchildren. Maybe I want to be married. Maybe I want to be respected. Maybe I want everybody to treat me kindly. None of those things that I mentioned were sinful. But if 
I am willing to sin to get them or if I am just angry at God because he's not giving me what I want, those are sinful desires then. So we just need to check up on ourselves. So from desire, now I move to I deserve. That's thinking that God owes me something, thinking I'm worthy of a reward because, you know what? God, I've, I've obeyed you. I've prayed. I've given. Look at, you know, I, I've served in Wellspring kids. Lord, come on. Give me what I want. That's where we get in trouble. Now I'm thinking I deserve. And then it morphs into I demand. And I'm making my demand known to God. And I'm not getting what I desire. I'm not getting what I think I deserve. And I demand, which leads to disappointment and discouragement and despair. And it's shaking my fist at God. And it is a down, downward spiral. Um, and if you look on the orange downward spiral on the left, you'll see attitudes. You'll see the attitudes that come along with this kind of thinking. You'll see pride and arrogance. You'll see being wise in my own estimation. You'll see that I'm without peace. I'm bitter. I'm loving pleasure and comfort. I'm angry. Those are the attitudes you'll see. I'll be anxious and fearful, ungrateful. I'll be envious and jealous. And I'll, it turns into hopelessness. I'll be hopeless. Those are the attitudes when I'm not shepherding my heart well. And then on the other side, you'll see the actions that also come along with it. You'll see me be demanding. I'll be loving myself. And I'm going to stop real quick here. Every one of these has verses that talk about these sins. Okay? These are sins. Um, so if you're struggling, go look up the verses. Um, so you'll see me loving myself. You'll see boasting. Um, you'll see grumbling and complaining and looking at grumbling in Exodus 16 8 Moses said this will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning and that's the people were grumbling and complaining they didn't want the food and he, but this is the it's kind of very convicting words from the Lord. For the Lord hears your grumblings which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us. Moses is saying, these grumblings, they're not against Moses. They're against the Lord. When we grumble and complain about life, we are grumbling against the Lord. It, that is serious, serious, serious. Um, 
Jude 16 says, these are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lust. Lust is another word for desires. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gain, gaining an advantage. Grumbling and complaining is serious. Biting and devouring, that doesn't sound any better, does it? Disputing, criticizing and judging, being prayerless, withdrawing. Proverbs 18.1 says, He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. When we're in that spiral, the last thing we want to do is be around other believers. And that is the most important thing we need to do. We need to engage. When we're in sin, we like, we like to run. And that is, that's one of those symptoms. If you see yourself doing that, please reach out, talk to somebody. And it kind of spirals into returning evil for good. Um, I want to give a caution. These attitudes and actions that I just read through are not the marks of a believer. So if you find yourself living there most of the time, please talk with someone in your discussion group. Talk to your discussion group leader. Talk to your small group. Reach out to somebody. We do need to check up our, on ourselves and see if we're really in the faith. And then the warning for the other side of the room that may be going, oh, I was really bitter the other day. Oh, maybe I'm not a believer. Again, it's that spectrum. Some people are going to hear, hear this and, and, and do need to check up on themselves. But then there's that other person that hears it and it's like, oh, I'm not a believer. So just... We all need to check up on ourselves. That's why I'm glad we have communion every week. It's a good time to sit and evaluate. Um, but if you have an overly sensitive conscience and you need to talk about assurance of salvation, talk to somebody, okay? Um, so let's look at what taking our thoughts captive or thinking <laughs> rightly looks like, okay? And we're, we're kind of setting the stage for just some practical tips, okay? Um, shepherding our hearts, our thoughts, and our reasoning, that beautiful blue spiral, if you use colored ink, blue, I think it's so pretty. Um, it's I desire, knowing what I truly deserve equals no demands. So I hold my desire, whatever that desire is, I hold it with an open hand before the Lord, seeking his will. And remember, if, if, if what I'm desiring, what I'm asking the Lord for is sinful, don't do that. Repent. Um, so then it's asking the Lord. It's making my request known to the Lord. And then understanding what I deserve. What does scripture say we deserve? Romans 2, 5, and 6 says, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. 
when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he's done. As a non-believer, which every one of us came into the world with an unbelieving heart, we all deserved God's wrath. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What we in and of ourselves earned for ourselves was wrath and death. Ladies, remember, for the believer, though, the worst day on earth is better than we deserve. And this is as bad as it's going to... This is... Oh, for us. For not for Christians. This is as bad as it will get. And for the non-believer, here on earth, this is as good as it's going to get. So having a biblical understanding of what we truly deserve helps us to think rightly. So we make our requests known to God with an open hand, understanding that what we deserve is wrath and death, and we make don't, no demands. And you'll see the attitudes. What kind of attitudes will we see when we are going to the Lord in the right way? We will see a submissiveness. We will see contentment. Um, we will see that I'm not seeking my own way. I'm wanting God's will. I'm not being wise in my own estimation. It's being humble and peaceful, joyful, self-controlled, enduring, strengthened, trusting. Those are the attitudes we're going to see. We'll also see... these kinds of actions. So if you start at the bottom of the spiral and work your way up, we make the request, so we ask God. So on the right in the actions, we ask God. Um, we make our request known to him. And then being devoted to prayer, will be loving and kind and gentle and thankful and forgiving and patient and not vengeful, overcoming evil with good. So it's instead of spiraling down, you'll spiral up, making your request known, being obedient and being hopeful. So as we do that, we will see change. We will see a transformed life. Um, so now we've kind of laid the foundation of what life kind of looks like when we're shaking our fist at God or when we're living our life with an open hand. But I also want to say, how do we shepherd our heart throughout the day? That's, that's where, where we've gotten to. It's like, so we've looked at that big picture We've kind of evaluated, we can evaluate our lives using this, but now, now what do I do? How do I do that? What in the world is she talking about shepherding her heart, our heart throughout the day? What does that look like? How do we guard our thoughts? 
And I want to remind you, our goal is not to just put on right thinking, but our goal is to glorify God in everything we do. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And 2 Corinthians 5.9 says, So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. And from one of the biblical counseling guys, his name is Dr. Charles Hodges, he says of 2 Corinthians 5.9, and I think you can put the two verses together, but he says, I want to glorify God in my life more than I want to breathe. That's putting, that's, that's my goal. I want to glorify God in my life more than I want to breathe. And James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We must not just be hearers of the word. We must be doers of the word. Lord, help us to do that. So something I want you to think about is as we think of our day, sometimes it's helpful to think, okay, so how am I doing physically? Have I had enough sleep? Have I had some exercise? Have I been eating well? Or did I just inhale 10 donuts and now I feel like, you know, the Michelin man, I'm going to roll down the street. How are you feeling? Sometimes we want to think that what we, this, the, our, our outer man, the phys, our physical body doesn't impact our inner man. It does, okay? If I have a migraine headache, it's harder for me to honor and glorify the Lord. Now, it's harder, but I'm still called to do it. I'm still called to glorify God no matter what I'm doing, whether I eat or drink, whether I have a headache. It's just harder. Um, sometimes we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace, and sometimes we need to give the people around us some grace if they're struggling. Another thing, just right out of the right out of the chute to consider is what are you filling your mind with? Could, and again, some of these some of these things would be sinful, maybe depending on what it is. Um, but not everything here is si sinful. Music, TV, I mean, there's some, some TV or some movies, books. Yes, they're evil. But some are neutral. Um, magazines, the internet, news. So an example, if you're struggling with fear, worry, and anxiety, do you spend time watching the news, reading scary books, uh, watching scary shows, well, you're making your life harder. So evaluate your own life. Somebody else can see that horror, scary, awful movie, and it doesn't faze them. And then there's some that that is, you're not going to sleep for a month. Be wise. You know yourself. Guard your own heart. Um, so maybe there's something just right off the bat you go oh yeah I need to get rid of that um, sometimes I'll give the example 
you know, if, if you're struggling with contentment in your home, do you have a stack of House Beautiful and um, I can't, Magnolia Homes, I think, or Mag, I don't know what her magazine is, but I mean, I love her stuff. But if I'm gonna end up with coveting that, get rid of the magazine, okay? So there you go, garbage in, garbage out. That's what our moms used to say, and I think they were right. So what are some of the practical things that we need to do to shepherd our hearts throughout the day? The first one is pray. Ask for God's help. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Ask the Lord, Lord, help me. He knows our heart. We sometimes struggle to know our own hearts, but he knows our hearts. Ask him to help lead, lead you in the way everlasting. Lord, lead me. So pray. The second thing, ponder. Ponder the attributes of God. Spend time getting to know the Lord. He is a good and faithful God. From Psalm 103, and I believe that and is the homework this part of the homework this week is to look at the attributes of God in Psalm 103. Another place to go for the attributes of God is Psalm 145. Those two places are chock full. Um, but I'm just gonna, going to read a few of his attributes. Um, let's see. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known, to, known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. Listen to this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. God is a good God. Ponder his attributes. If you are struggling throughout the day, maybe your thoughts are bothering you. Think about who he is. In our small group, we've been going through A.W. Pink's the Attributes of God. I want to recommend it. You can get it free. Um, just type in the Attributes of God pink and there's a PDF of it. Um, but I wanted to just share something from the last lesson we had in our small group on the Attributes of God. And think about how this is like, like balm for your soul if you're struggling. And we were looking at God's supremacy over the works of his hands. Okay? So God's supremacy over the works of his hands is vividly depicted in scripture. Inanimate material, matter, irrational creatures all perform their maker's bidding. And I, this sec, next section has just, every time I read it, I'm like, oh, this is so good. At his pleasure, the Red Sea divided and its waters stood up as walls. The earth opened her mouth and guilty rebels went down alive into the pit. 
when he so ordered, the sun stood still, and on another occasion went backward 10 degrees on the dial of Ahaz. To exemplify his supremacy, he made ravens carry food to Elijah, iron to swim on top of the waters, lions to be tame when Daniel was cast into their den, fire to burn not when the three Hebrews were flung into its flames. Thus, whatsoever the Lord pleased, that he did in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all deep places. If you're struggling, go look at the attributes of God. Ponder who our God is. The next thing, and it's still under ponder, okay? So you're going to ponder the attributes of God. You're going to ponder truth. Philippians 4, 8, which this is a command. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Ponder truth. Ponder what's true. That verse right there is so helpful to evaluate right thinking. Remember, it is a command. Then ponder, still on the same pondering, ponder your identity in Christ. And I want to recommend from back August, I think, I don't have the date. August 2014, um, Smed taught a message called One New Man. So if you type in One New Man in the search, you can get to it. But in it, there's, I think, five or six or seven pages of our identity in Christ. This sermon, he read every one of these, and by the end, it was, this was back when we were in the gym. It was like everybody was going to stand up and cheer. Because he read all these things about who we are. Listen to this. Here's our identity in Christ. And I'll just grab a few. Free from the mastery of sin. Slaves of God. Uncondemnable. Whoa. Think about that. We're adopted. We're heirs of God. Um, we're led by the Spirit. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We're saved by grace. We're raised up with Jesus. We're God's workmanship. We're buried with Jesus. I mean, it, the list, I mean, this is teeny tiny font. We're cared for by God. I mean, it goes on and on. We're overcomers. If you're struggling as a believer, this will comfort you to remember who you are in Christ. Um, it was in this. Oh, yeah. From this year's conference, and you can get, we have so many resources online. They're free. You don't have, you just have to print them um, or listen. But Scott Maxwell gave a whole, I mean, it's, Again, the teeny tiny font, but these are all scriptures talking about Jesus' suffering prior to his trial and cross, his suffering at his trial, and then this page, 
the believer's benefits from Christ's suffering. These are the benefits because Jesus suffered. This page right here, if you're struggling, get this page, print it off, and look up all these verses. This is the benefits to us. Um, and I just also want to tell you, um, there are 11 different women's retreats and conferences that are online that cover all kinds of various topics, from prayer to longing for heaven, Titus, Colossians, and a bunch of other ones. They're online. Um, there's our, our website. Spend time there. There is so much good. There's sermons. I mean, if you are struggling and you're battling, that is a great place to go. Um, the third thing is the promises. There are precious promises all throughout Scripture. And those will comfort your heart. If you are struggling with your thoughts, the promises of God are there. From a book called The Greener Grass Conspiracy, he says, the promises of God are our weapons in the battle against discontentment. But I also believe they are the battle against wrong thinking. For every temptation to be discontent, or have wrong thinking, there's a promise of God that meets that temptation. The abundant grace of God promised in the scriptures far exceeds any circumstance we encounter. But if we're going to fight effectively, we need to stockpile our weapons. When temptation strikes, we need to have go-to promises to sustain and strengthen us. There should be pages in our Bible that are tattered, and torn from constant use. Um, I know we encourage read all of God's word. This may be a heresy alert. I don't know. <laughs> I have favorite places that I go when I'm struggling. And I think it's okay. I'm, there are places in my Bible I know I can flip to the page, go to the left. It's right there. And you know what? I think that's okay. Um, I have, I mean, and Romans 8 is one of them, so I'm going to read some of it. Um, this, this is, if I'm really struggling with my thoughts, and yes, I struggle with my thoughts, um, that's why this lesson is like, okay, Lord, it's, I need it. Um, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those, and this is a promise, okay? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? Amen, hallelujah. 
If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? That is a promise of God that I can go to the bank with, that I know it is well with my soul. It may be that the whole world is crumbling around me, but you know what? If, if oh, thank you, my. Um, who, if God's for me, I'm okay. It is well with my soul. Okay, the fourth thing. Thank you for closing the door. I heard all the men. It kind of freaked me out. I'm like, ah. okay. So number four, people, okay? Think about people, people from the past. Spend time studying the heroes of the faith, Joseph, Job, Paul, Jesus, just to name a few. Read Hebrews 11 and 12, 1 Peter. Those are places to go. Those are things, those are people to, to study, and it will comfort your soul. You can, people from the present, heroes like Matt Dodd. Um, some of you are new, don't know who Matt Dodd was, a young man from our church that went to Papua New Guinea, came back, ended up having brain cancer, and we lost him two summers ago. His faith was incredible. His, his memorial service is online. That's if, if you need to be comforted, go go watch that. Um, grab if if you don't know Cameron, find out who she is. Grab her. Talk to her about thirty seconds, and and you will be encouraged. Um, Jacob Hantla, his life. Look go look online at his sermons from the last couple of years. You will be encouraged. These are people that are living life through difficulties, and they are praising and glorifying God in everything they do. Ladies, we need to keep other believers at close range. We need fellowship. That's why being in a small group is important. If you can do that, you need to be in a small group. And I'm not talking just discussion groups. I'm talking small groups that meet during the week. Um, be, be engaged in other people's lives. Um, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day's drawing near. Jesus is coming back. Um, we need to encourage each other. And we also, in the same number, four, need to prefer other people. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. By serving others and preferring other people, that can be, if you are in a difficult place, 
serving others is huge. And sometimes that feels like the absolute last thing I want to do right now. Because sometimes, yeah, it's all about me. No, it's not. But those are the times where we may, I want to retreat into my shell and just, it's all about me. No, go pray for somebody. Send a note. Give them a call. Make them a meal. Um, prefer other people. Serve them. Then number five, preach. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. And sometimes shorthand for that is, that's right, God saves sinners. Sometimes that's what preaching the gospel to myself is, is God saves sinners. Thank you, Lord. Um, a helpful tool for preaching the gospel to yourself is the gospel primer. Um, and I think we sell them, I think on Thursday they said they're 9 or $12, I don't know. We there, Maybe there were 12 copies and they're $9, or there's 9 copies and $12, I don't know. But we, unless Thursday bought them all. Um, but you can, you can, this is, this is, just another tool. Um, and I just want to read from this. Okay. The righteousness of God. Okay, back up. Think about when you're struggling. Think about if you're having a rough day. Think about how this would comfort your heart. The righteousness of God credited to me through Christ is not merely something I rest in, but it is also the premier saving reality by which God governs me. According to Romans 6, when I obeyed the gospel call, I was both declared righteous and became a slave to righteousness at the same time. Quite literally, the righteousness that God credited to me became my master on the day I was converted. You know, I'm having a hard day. I'm struggling to obey the Lord. I can read this, and this will spur me on to love and good deeds. Um, another place, I mean, we have so many tools, but I wanted two things. You guys had the God's transformation of man, and I listened to Smed. Spend a lot of time right here and right here right here you can I mean sometimes it is good to look back what I was like before I became a believer sometimes that can be you know that can spiral you have to be careful um, especially if you came became a believer as an adult you may look back at your sin and go oh Lord why didn't you save me sooner well I don't know um, but this spend time seeing who you are in Christ, seeing what it's going to be like when we're fully yellow. I love this. This, this is such a great tool. And along with it, you should print off the thing, the, um, this was the heart shepherding with the gospel from lesson two. Keep this page in your Bible. It may be something you want to pull out. If you're, if, if you're having a hard day, 
this, you can just read through some of these things. Um, how do I heart shepherd with the gospel? Right here. Okay, the heavenly man. Consider how the gospel truths about your future glorified condition with Christ can help you shepherd your heart. For example, I love this, give you hope that you will see Christ face to face and so strengthen your perseverance to purify yourself fighting sin in every part of your life. It will supply you with hope, encouragement, and perseverance in trials. If you're like me, I like having something, a tool to go to. This and this chart, these are helpful. And they'll send you back to God's word. And they'll remind you, oh yeah, who I am in Christ. Why, why, why should I choose not to sin in this moment? Where maybe I have a choice. I can sin or not sin. Oh, because I love God. I want to glorify him. I'm not going to sin. Okay? Um, and remember, when we're preaching the gospel to ourselves, it isn't that God just saved us. I mean, if that's not enough, he not only saved us, he sanctified us. Jesus paid for our sanctification, okay? Here is why we were saved. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Listen to this. This is what Jesus did for us. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Jesus died not just to save us, but we are a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. He died for our sanctification too. Um, number six, go to the Psalms. The Psalms are full of who God is. How to talk to him, it's full of his promises. They are wonderful examples of how to pour your heart out to the Lord. And I wanted to, um, this is a book that we can recommend. There's a couple things in it that you might have to eat the meat, throw out the bones. But in the back, just in the back, the appendix is worth the, the price of the book. Um, what, oh, I'm sorry, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark, V-R-O-E-G-O-P. I don't, I won't even begin to guess how you pronounce that. And the, it's Discovering the Grace of Lament. And he, um, he goes through how, how do we cry out to the Lord? Um, and is, is that even okay? And yes, it is. In the Psalms, we see that. Um, okay, so in the appendix, he lists 20 complaints. Um, 
because sometimes we think I can't I can't tell God what I think he, he doesn't you know that's not okay well listen to this this is Psalm 10 1 why O Lord do you stand far off why do you hide yourselves in times of trouble it's okay to ask ask carefully okay um, Psalm 22, 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus said those words. Now, don't stay there and don't shake your fist. My God, my God, you know. But there is an open-handedness. Where are you, Lord? Right now I'm struggling. I need your help. It is okay to cry out to the Lord. I think you need to turn the page and get to, but God, and remember, he is a faithful and good and holy God. Um, and you will see that in the Psalms. Psalm 13 is one of my favorites, okay? And it, that's the pattern. The psalmist is crying out, where are you, Lord? And he ends, but God, I will trust your faithfulness. Um, so this is, this is a helpful tool of how to lament, how to cry out to the Lord. Um, but like I said, there's a couple things. Scott had mentioned this, um, I think, when he taught on Job. There's a couple things in here that are a little, you'll, you'll probably know when you get there, where you might go, hmm, that's kind of weird. But, but there's a lot of good meat in there. Um, so number seven, praise. If your heart is troubled and you're having a hard time, praise. Crank up Spotify. Go to the Grace Bible Church. We have all the songs that we sing. And sing. And sing out loud. Um, that praising God Sometimes when you can't even think straight, it may be all you can do is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible told me so. Told me so. Did I say it right? Sometimes it has to be as simple as that. Um, there are times where you feel like you're drowning. I know I've had those times. And it's okay, Lord. It is well with my soul. Put on, and, and there's some... Christian music that probably is not the best, but the old hymns, um, what we have on Spotify um, is, is the songs that we sing, and I know Josh is very, very careful about what we sing, um, so I would really encourage you to do that. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's something, It's again, it's a command. So if you're, if you're struggling, if you're struggling to forgive someone, you're struggling to work through a difficult situation sometimes singing can help so that's one of the ways I shepherd my heart um, number eight is perspective keeping eternity in view 
and having the right perspective can help you shepherd your heart throughout the day. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. John 14, 1, this is Jesus talking. Do not let your heart be troubled. Oh, I'm not supposed to let my heart be troubled? Okay. How do I do that? Well, Jesus tells me right here, believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he goes on to say, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Um, we did a retreat where Smed came, and we did a whole retreat um, on heaven, homesick for your permanent residence. I would encourage you um, to go listen to that. I mean, here's the focus of heaven. I mean, all this, these are all verses. This, again, if you're struggling, you're struggling in your daily life, you're struggling with your thought life, go, go listen to Smed's teaching on heaven. Think about heaven. Think about what, what, what's coming. This is such a blip for us, but it sometimes feels like in this moment, this is all there is. No, heaven is our home. This is not our home. From, again, the greener grass conspiracy. He said, through Christ who strengthens us, we can be content in our loneliness and disjointed relationships. But our longings for relationships should also remind us that this world is not our final resting place. In Christ, we can be truly content while on this earth, but will never be fully satisfied. The day of total complete and ultimate satisfaction is still coming. The day we see Jesus Christ face to face and look into the eyes of our Savior, we'll say, now I'm truly satisfied. Number nine, provision. Think about God's provision. God is our provider. He provides us a relationship with his son, with himself, with the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Bible. He's given us his saving and enabling grace in order for us to respond to life in a godly fashion. 2 Peter 1.3, this is another precious promise. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Number 10, prepare. We all, I think, find ourselves at times 
living in that orange spiral where it feels like life is swirling around us and we're babbling our thoughts and things are not going well. You know what? If you're not in that place right now, you need to prepare because those days do come. We may be struggling because there's a lot of difficult circumstances in our lives. Maybe others are sinning against us. Maybe we haven't been shepherding our heart well. And sometimes, I don't know about you ladies, I know there are times where I'm like, Dan, what is wrong with you? Why are you struggling? This is ridiculous. Sometimes I don't even know what it is, okay? Sometimes it's just those intrusive thoughts. I don't know. We, it's a spiritual battle, okay? I don't know if it's an enemy that's maybe wanting me to look back at who I was before I was a believer. I don't know. Um, but sometimes I know for me a prayer that I pray is, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief because right now I am struggling. I feel like I'm drowning. I'm in that orange spiral. Help me get out. Um, but I want to encourage you, prepare, because it's really hard if, you, if you're not prepared and life's swirling around you to figure it out right then. It's just a lot easier to prepare for it. So when things are going well, be thankful. When it does feel like, you know, I'm in the blue spiral, I'm doing okay today, it can change, okay? So be prepared, be ready, have those places to go in scripture, have those songs to sing, have that friend to be able to call to say, will you pray with me? Will you remind me of who I am in Christ? Have a list to go to, to read, to say, oh, that's who I am in Christ. I'd forgotten that. Um, memorize God's word. Be ready. Um, and then number 11, practice, press on, and persevere. Okay, so practice, press on, and persevere. Philippians 4.8 after he talks about thinking about, you know, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable. At the end of it, he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. We can follow the example of Paul. What, what, what does scripture say how we should live? We need to practice those things. And we do need to press on and we need to persevere. And sometimes, if you're really, really up, like beyond your eyeballs, okay, you're in an extremely difficult situation. And if you look a week ahead, you don't know how you're going to get through it. You don't even maybe know, I don't know how I'm going to make it through to the end of the day. You know what? Do the next right thing. Whatever that next right thing is, you have a choice. Do the next right thing. And then do that again. And do it again. And do it again. Spurgeon said, the, yeah, the very best thing in the world when you are nervous and troubled is to live by very short periods. Live by the day. 
or better still, live moment by moment. A promise for me that I hold on to when things are difficult is Romans 8, 38, and 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what? That is a that is chock full of promise. Um, so I'm going to really quick read through the 11, so just in case you missed them. These are just suggestions. There's not like a magical order except for to pray first. Um, I think that's always helpful. Um, pray, ponder, ponder the attributes of God, ponder truth, ponder your identity in Christ. The promises, these are precious promises that God has given us. People, people from the past, the present, and also to prefer others. Preach, preach the gospel to yourself every day, sometimes multiple times a day. The Psalms, praise, just music and praise. Perspective, provision, prepare, and then practice, persevere, and press on. And I just want to close with this reminder. Again, our goal as we shepherd our hearts throughout the day is not just to put on right thinking, okay, but to glorify God in everything do, everything we do. First Corinthians ten thirty one again, because I can't say it too much. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. And 2 Corinthians 5, 9, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. I want to glorify God in my life more than I want to breathe. That's my prayer for me, and that's my prayer for you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I do pray that we will make it our aim to please you, that we will make it our aim to glorify you in everything we do. Lord, I do want to glorify you in my life more than I want to breathe. Lord, I do pray for the ladies here. I pray that, Lord, you will just continue your work in each one of us, that you will continue to make us like Jesus and that we would come alongside each other to encourage each other to love you, to love what you love, and to hate what you hate, Lord, and to live lives that honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.